Welcome to the Crucible. This is episode eight. I am Tiny Grimes, and as always, apparently now, I'm joined by Neil, the real deal. What's happening, Neil? Not too much. Uh, I just moved, which is why my webcam is in a box somewhere, and I don't have it to use this evening when we're recording. Wait, wait, wait. This is not a live shot of you perfectly still looking all dapper? It is not. Wow. I am. Uh, I was greatly misled. Okay. Now I know. Now I know this is not live. Okay, cool. Good to know. Um, so, Neil, it's been a little while since we casted. How many it games has. of Keyforge have you played? Unfortunately, I've only played one game of Keyforge, but it was with real, actual, physical Keyforge cards. Wow. Are we about to give a plug for It's Game Time? Uh, we can do that. It was actually not there. It was someone I met who uh, had okay. cards. But uh, it is cool that a lot of star stores, including It's Game Time uh, here in Los Angeles, have started getting demo decks that people are getting to use to learn and try out the game. Yeah, that is really cool. Um, I, John and I, last week we were considering going over to it's game time just to play, but instead we played at his house. But this week, I think John and I are going to do something crazy and go do a magic yeah. draft over there. And before we do, we're of course going to play a couple of games of Keyforge, you know, with the real cards. Now, if they had a Keyforge event, we'd be playing in that. Don't worry, everybody. I I was going to have words with you after the cast, but uh, I guess that's acceptable. Yeah, it's it's just one of those things. We've neither of us have. Well, I've never done a magic draft, and he hasn't done one in like fifteen years. So we thought it might be kind of fun. Okay. Yeah, one of those kind of things. Um, but I've played several games in person, all with John. Uh, he's been having a lot of fun printing up different decks and bringing them out. And so I couldn't remember what was in all my decks, so I just busted out one. And then halfway through the game, I remembered it was the game with two Pit Lords. And Neil, do you remember what Pit Lord says? Doesn't Pit Lord purge something when it destroys it? Oh, no, no. When it... No, no, no. no, no. That's this not is Pit something Lord. else. Pit Lord... I think I have the right name here. Pitlord is the dude that has like nine strength and looks like he's amazing, except for he has the text, you may only choose house dis while he's on the board. Okay. And you yeah. get two amber when you play him. So he's kind of a trap card. He's basically one of the worst cards in the game, unless you have a plan for him. And Neil, I had a plan yeah. for him. So Do you tell? I had already discarded one because... He's kind of garbage. Um, um, can't remember the name of the card. What's the card where you bring back all creatures from one house into your hand and you get a chain for it? Uh, Arise. Arise. Okay, so here's what I did. I played a Pit Lord, got two bucks for him, played another dude next to him so he was no longer on a flank, played a Hand of Dis to kill the Pit Lord, and John was like, all right. That makes sense. You don't look as stupid as you did a second ago when you played him. And I was like, all right, John, you ready to look stupid? I played Arise, took both Pit Lords back into my hand, played them both out. So I got six Amber just on Pit Lords that turn. And it was still a dicey play, right? Because you're like, okay, what's going to happen? And sure enough, he was able to do a several things that made my keys cost more. I think he got like that 
green crab guy that makes it cost one more, and then mm-hmm. you played like the key of dis or whatever it's called, the the artifact that makes them cost more, and suddenly it was looking bad. But then I was able to play. Well, I should have looked up the names. More of More pit lords. <laughs> more pit lords? No, I only had two. I played the card that let uh... you destroy the three highest powerful creatures on the board. So I was like, pit lord, pit lord, one of your dudes, boop, win. It was a pretty sweet game, actually. Uh, what was so cool about it is, while Pitlord is clearly bad, it was good to see that there are spots, if you have the right deck, that a Pitlord can be fine. Right. The problem is going to be, yeah. in these random decks, will they usually be paired with ways to help him? Like, is that part of the algorithm? Or is it just going to be, fingers crossed, I hope, I hope this deck that has Pitlord has ways to make him decent. Yeah, probably a little bit of both, but I think that that's really interesting and a cool example of how even though you can't deck build, you're sort of going to, I think, be growing into these decks and figuring them out even more as you play them a ton and find cool edge case uses for even less than optimal cards like Pitlord. Yeah, it, it was really fun. Like you said, it was just fun like playing a deck and sort of watching it work instead of pre-planning all of this, right? And being like, okay, if mm-hmm. I'm going to play four Pit Lords, I need to have 12 answers for Pit Lord. It was just more like, well, let's see what we do. Yeah. And that, that's what's really fun about Keyforge. Um, one other game I want to talk about against John. Uh, so we had the weirdest game ever. I had a board, I'd say eight creatures, and he had zero. And it looked like, the game was over. We were both joking about how ridiculous the game was, but all my creatures, it was like three creatures from one faction, three from another, two from the other, and then I'm like drawing all the cards from the other house I don't have out, right? So I have this choice to make. Like, do I just, you know, reap for three or do I keep putting stuff on the mm-hmm. board? And so I was like, oh, I don't know what the right answer is. I guess I'll keep putting stuff on the board and hope I draw into those. And then. He just started, like, he played a card that was, like, stun all non-Mars cards and stun my whole freaking board. And I was like, okay, that sucks. So now <laughs> I really can't use him, right? And so it doesn't matter what house I pick. And so I put a couple more guys out, and he puts a couple guys out. And then I don't even remember what happened, but somehow within two turns, my whole board was practically wiped. I was down to, like, two guys, and he was up to about 14 characters. And I was like... What has happened here? And I was all set to resign, actually, um, because it was kind of late, and I had to go home, and I was like, and the game had been going on so long, Neil. And so I was like, screw it, I'll just play it out. And then I got a couple of those lost in the woods that bounce. We each bounced two guys. Oh, yeah. No guys, so I don't care. So I bounced his four best guys and one of my guys. And then he made some crazy play, like, I played one guy, and then he lost in the woods of that guy and bounced two more of his guys. And before we knew it, I had no characters, and he had three, and then I was able to sneak out the win. I was like, I, I don't even understand how this is happening, how we had two <laughs> runaway board states in one game that got neutralized. That is really interesting. I think that in some ways that speaks well for the game, that like you're never truly out of it if your deck happens to have some answers and you have the wherewithal to sort of keep playing it out, keep grinding it and seeing where the game goes. 
Yeah, I was really happy, actually. Like, it was kind of a miserable experience, to be honest. It was just too long of a game. It, yeah. Too late at night. <laughs> it sounds like it. But, but you're right. The fact that we could both have a comeback, it's so great. <laughs> right? Like, normally mm-hmm. when there's a runaway board state, that person loses in a game. Um, so I'm pretty excited. There's, like, enough mass removal in this game to make it work, and I love how mass removal usually has downsides on it, putting chains in your deck, so it's like, you get to mass remove, but then you have a hard time kind of get restabilizing because you're down cards. It's just, it's really cool. Yeah, I've been really excited about that part. And I like that most of the mass removal is, at least on face value, double-sided. Yes, exactly. uh, It affects everyone. Of course, you figure out situations to make it much more one-sided, but that's a design principle that I've always appreciated in a lot of FFG's card games where that sort of mass removal, you have to, you have to work to make, make it really to your advantage. Unless you're playing Greyjoy and you just have like 20 saves on the board. Yeah. <laughs> we, we won't talk about Game of Thrones right now, though. That's fine. Um, all right. So, Neil, I know you're a big Game of Thrones player, so you might not have noticed I this. am. But Keyforge is coming out, man. Oh, I noticed. I am very excited. <laughs> yeah, so it looks like we're going to have a pre-release on November 10th and the actual release on November 17th. So have you figured out or gotten your eye on any on any pre-release or release parties that you're going to be going to? Um, I unfortunately am traveling the weekend of the 10th. Mm. I'm out of town on the 10th, so I cannot go to any pre-releases. I'm trying to help organize my friends in L.A. to make sure they're aware of the different stores so that they can go to um, a pre-release together and I can hear about it and have tons of and, uh But it'll be great because only a few days later, the actual game will do wide release. Yeah. And... uh just to be clear, there's only about 15 stores in L.A. doing a pre-release, so it's going to be tough to find one. <laughs> <laughs> that part's... Yeah, we're lucky in a big city like this yeah. to uh, have those options. It's, a, it's, a, it, it's one of the days when you just really love being in L.A. There's other days where you're like, okay, I actually can't get to most of those stores because traffic is so bad it would take me 10 hours to get there. Um, but, but the fact yeah. that we have that many is, is really, really awesome. That excites me a lot. Yeah. So I've got my eye on a couple stores. John and I will go together somewhere. There's actually a store having a pre-release about a block and a half from my home. So mm-hmm. that's very tempting, Neil. That's very tempting to just say, I'll go to that one. And I just want to clarify also that you said earlier the 17th is the release. I believe the 15th is the official release. Yeah, that is that the Thursday? Yes. Yeah, and what I meant is the 17th is the big, like, release weekend events. I see. But, yeah, you're right. It comes out the 15th and the Thursday. That's not very far. I'm looking at a calendar here. That is less than a month. Yeah, we're getting close. Uh, This is some exciting stuff. So um, we'll see how fast my pre-orders came in. Uh, I actually went ahead and got the Team Covenant, like, giant 10, 12 deck kit or whatever so i don't know mm. i decided to go crazy neil <laughs> yeah i had some money burning a hole in my pocket and i was like why don't i just buy a truckload of decks with this money 
There you go. And then I'm, as soon as uh... I spent it, I was like, maybe I should have spent that on different stuff. But that's okay. I've already talked to my uh, the owner of my local game store, and he knows that I'm excited to buy a whole bunch of decks when it releases. And uh, I'm also a little bit hopeful. I'm going to Worlds, mm. uh, the World Championships for Game of Thrones and L5R, and that's only a week and a half away. Wow. But they just recently, just this morning, actually, I got an email from them clarifying the times of the tournaments and also clarifying that they're going to be running Keyforge demos and quote-unquote staff challenges Ooh. all weekend. That sounds fun. I they wonder don't if you'll be able to say win their at deck all what those are. Yeah, huh. that would be very cool. They don't say at all what the staff challenge is or yeah. exactly how you participate, but... I'm planning on participating uh, in between wow. the other events that I'm in, so uh, I'll certainly report back and let you know how it goes. No, no, I want you to live stream this bad boy. Oh, <laughs> I don't know. Put one of those go cams on your hat and live stream it. Come on, man. Um, FFG, free bit of advice here. Just free, free advice. Here's what you do. Staff challenges, you give the staff a really freaking awesome deck you have a deck out for competitors and if they win they get to keep their deck and if they lose it just hangs out there for the next person and it's lopsided you don't have to worry the staff has a better deck but this gives a chance where maybe a couple people can come away with some free decks i don't know maybe that'd be very cool and definitely (laughs) yeah it would be cool and encourage people to play and try it out yeah we'll see what they do I think we generate a lot of buzz, actually. I think uh, social media would blow up with that one. Like, oh my goodness, come over. You can win a deck from the staff. And, like, there'd be a lot of fun things. You know, like, if you, it's, a, it's just a whole other level of if you win, you get something awesome. You get a deck. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. They could even sign the deck, so then you can always point to it and be like, you know, this is the deck that I won off of FFG. Yeah, especially if you can get the designer to play. So you can be like, I beat the mm-hmm. dude that designed Keyforge. Uh. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I think we got some ideas, Neil. Uh, let's get on the <laughs> horn with FFG, hook this up, and I'm sure they will be eternally grateful. Sounds good. We'll get right on it. All right. Well, Neil, um, we are slowly working through the houses. I think last time we did Untamed. I want to talk this week about mm-hmm. my favorite house. Now... The house that I think is the best and my, like, favorite when I want to win is Shadows. But my actual favorite house, I think, is Logos because it, it's, to me, it's the toolbox house. I am never, ever unhappy to open a Logos deck, almost no matter what cards are in. There's just, they're all good, pretty much. But I will say this, Neil, if I opened a deck that was three Logos, I would probably think I was in trouble. I would think so too because that's not a legal deck, but (laughs) (laughs) I know what you mean. Logos is definitely, to me, the sort of control faction in a lot of ways. It has so many things that make a control deck work in other games. So uh, I think that there's some cool stuff in Logos, but it's it's not one of my favorites to play with, just uh, not, not quite my style. That's fair. I was, um, I'm probably going to make a video for each house, and I was going through logos, and I was like, 
I can't really think of the awesome game-breaking creatures in Logos. I need to go through the list again. And then after going through it, I was like, right, right. They don't have any. <laughs> yeah, they have some pretty odd, interesting creatures that I could see breaking certain uh, games, certain board states and that sort of thing. Like the Neutron Shark mm. or the... Uh, um, what's the one? The uh, Harland Mindlock. I don't even know. Some of those rarer ones that have very odd abilities could, I think, be sort of big bombs in a way that you wouldn't expect. Mm -hmm. But overall, I agree. They're not, uh, the creatures especially are not as flashy as other factions. And One of the thinking, reasons I'm not as interested. I was thinking more also at the non-rare. Like just the the like the Fair. base level creatures yep. in this faction are really not very good. Like no. Mother is one of my favorites just because she lets you draw an extra card. And then Mother's really solid. I feel like it's really sad that Dexter is one of my favorites because he's not I that hate, good. I hate Dexter. Do you hate playing him or playing against him? Both. Both. Mm, okay. I love Dexter because I feel like he's that ultimate. You're not running a Shadows deck, and your opponent's like, all I got to do is get to six. And they get to exactly six, and you're like, uh, Dexter? <laughs> and they want to punch you in the face. So I'm a big Dexter fan. And then when they finally kill him, get their money back, next turn, you're like, hey, remember Dexter? So, yeah. Yeah, big, big I, don't, Dexter. I don't usually seek out the feeling of being punched in the face. <laughs> that's, that's so good Dexter you, is not my favorite. And whenever I play him, he always just ends up gumming up my deck where I'm like, okay, this next turn, right? I'm going to do some other, some big thing with another faction. And they put Dexter on top of my deck and I draw him and he's just annoying me more than my opponent. Yeah. I mean, especially if your opponent is not at basically exactly six, Dexter's not that great. <laughs> If they're at four, getting a cruddy character that doesn't do anything to them is really quite useless. All right. But I think the true power of Logos uh, lies in its amazing actions. Like, they just have... Now, Shadows probably just has better actions because all their actions are like, steal all of your opponent's stuff and make them cry. And those are awesome. But Logos mm -hmm. has the best actions outside of the steal all your opponent's stuff. Do you have a favorite Logos action, Neil? Uh, I think that my favorite Logos action uh, is probably Wild Wormhole. Okay. I know that it's not necessarily going to be the most powerful, but playing the top card of your deck, it can be from a different faction. It can really, you know, come out of nowhere, both for you and your opponent. And to me, it's, in some ways, a bit of the epitome of Key Forge. You're just... Gonna open up the top of your deck and see what's there and play with it and make the best of it. Yeah, I, I actually think Wild Wormhole is, is not just cool and fun. I think it's one of the best ones because you get um, an amber right off the bat anyway, and it's very rare when you play a card that isn't benefiting you. And like you said, like it could be a yeah. giant creature from another faction that allows you to just call that faction next time and get some huge benefit. I love that card. Um, I was playing against John, and you know how, like, when you just you play two cards back to back, and then you shuffle your deck, 
it's possible they end up right next to each other if you don't shuffle incredibly well. And we played a game, mm-hmm. and I was like, wild wormhole, boom, into another wild wormhole, into another awesome card, shuffle up next game, they got stuck together, same thing, wild wormhole into wild wormhole, he was unhappy. <laughs> <laughs> so, that card, I agree, is pretty bananas. Um, How about you? What's one of your favorite actions? One of my favorite actions is Effervescent Principle, which says each player loses half their amber, rounding down the loss, gain a chain. Um, I find that card to be incredibly powerful out of Logos because they don't have a lot of steel. And so if it's a non-Shadows Logos deck, they're not playing around a lot of steel. So maybe they'll be like, all right, if I get to seven, I'm playing around Dexter, I should be fine. And then you just play this card and blow them out and take half their, or make them lose half their amber. And if if you set it up right, you're hopefully only losing one while they're losing, say, four. So it's, it's pretty darn powerful. It is. In my one game that I played since we last talked, uh, I both of us had logos in our decks, mm. and early on, I played Effervescent Principle to make them my opponent lose like three amber or so, two or three. Nice. And really set them back when I wasn't. I was still sort of building up. And then a turn later, unfortunately, my opponent was very new to the game, and he used his own effervescent principle to make <laughs> m- me lose one amber. <laughs> oh. So. Oh, that's unfortunate. It's a very strong card, but you have to time it right. Yes. Yes, that is not good timing. <laughs> oh man. I'm trying to find the card that I think is the second strongest. I can't remember the name of it. It's the one where you get to copy any one of your opponent's actions. That Ooh. card is incredibly powerful. Um, and I cannot hmm. find it. I did it. not see that one. Are you sure that it's a Logos card? Um, I guess not. I was quite sure it was a Logos card, but, but um, it's possible it's not. There's remote access that lets you use an opponent's artifact. Yep, and that is also strong. So, yeah, I'm not seeing it in in uh, on this website, so we'll just say that I either made it up or it's in another faction, but I'm, I'm quite sure it exists. <laughs> so, okay. okay. Um, let's talk about the busted card, library access. Um, I, I personally think this card is actually a problem for the game. Um, I don't, I don't know what the solution is. Like, I don't think starting your deck with a chain because you have library access is enough of a detriment. I, I basically think any top tier deck will have library access. Like that's how good it is. That's interesting. In the game that I played, I had library access in the deck, played it once and it drew me one card. (laughs) How are you doing? What, you didn't even play it on a Logos turn? Of course I played it on a Logos turn, but, like, you don't always have six Logos cards Mm. in hand, and then you draw the other six off of Library Access. No, you save it, Neil. You you set up Library Access. You don't go, I have two Logos hands, I got two Logos cards, I guess I'll play Library Access. Come on, Neil. Right. I mean, I guess, but then how much tempo are you losing if you have to use your other Logos cards? And uh, Yeah. I don't know. I have not seen the holy grail that is library access. And looking at it and having played it a little bit, 
I think that it's a strong card, but I don't think that it's as busted as you're making it out to be. Interesting. Um, I would say my worst library access turn I've ever had, I drew four. That was, that was my worst one. Uh, my best one, I think I drew 13, and I had a person draw 15 against me. So it can be incredibly busted. And so here are some scenarios where it gets real busted. Um, phase Shift is a card that says you may play one non-Logos card this turn. That is a really powerful card to have in your hand with library access. So even in the hand you're describing where you don't have that perfect hand, you still get that. Wild Wormhole is amazing because you get to draw one from the Wormhole, one from the next card you play. Um, so that's two draws right there. And then Archives, that's where Library Access becomes really amazing. You just stick Library Access in your Archives, archive a bunch of other Logos cards with it, and then that way you're not like having it clog up your hand while you're waiting to go off. You're just biding your time, you pick up your Archives, and boom, you, you blow up everything. Yeah, I suppose so. I mean, I don't know. Yeah, I, I haven't I, seen it go off like that, so it doesn't register to me still as being that strong or being that reliable of a thing that you'll be able to do. Sure. Um, yeah, I look forward to us playing a bit more with it then because I would love for it not to be busted. Like, I'm really scared. That's the one card that actually scares me and makes me go, ugh. Like, every time I see it, I'm upset. And even when, like, so I was building decks to play against John. And I just didn't build any decks with library access because, like, I don't want, I don't want John to hate the game because I library accessed him five times. So I just, it wasn't worth it to me to, to you know, do that to somebody. And you know me, interesting. Neil. I'm all, I'm all for making my opponent mad, and I even oh, draw yeah. the line there. Mm. <laughs> That's really saying something, actually. It is. About that. It is. <laughs> um. All right, let's talk about some of the other amazing cards in this. There's just so many of them. Um, I guess. Scrambler Storm is so awesome. You get an Amber, and it says your opponent cannot play action cards on the next turn. So the, the, I love this against Shadows. That just It's my favorite card against Shadows because you're like, okay, I want to do my big explosion. Then they're going to bait and switch me. But if you have the Scrambler Storm, you can just be like, boom. Good luck stealing my stuff this turn, chump. It just, it makes me feel good when I have Scrambler Storm in my deck. Like, just have that little bit of protection. I I like it as protection from shadows, but in general, I'm just not a big fan of these sorts of effects that limit your opponent um, from playing entire swaths of card types. Yeah, so you're um, saying not that you don't like, you don't feel like it gives you an advantage. You're saying you, you think the, the advantage is too annoying and it's not a good asset for the game. Yeah, it's just a type of design that I'm not a huge fan of. But yeah, it's a strong card for sure. Oh, very strong. Okay, yeah. Um, and then similarly is Fogify, which is right. also one amber. Your opponent cannot use creatures to fight on their next turn. And what makes all these Logos cards so powerful is they're all giving you an amber and doing something really strong. And I think that's what makes them such a su great support house. So they're not giving mm -hmm. you a great board presence, but they're doing all these tricks, and while doing their tricks, they're piling up the amber. And I, th I think that's what makes them so strong. 
Yeah, that definitely is a very strong aspect to their cards. Um, yeah. All right. I, I like some of their crazier cards, personally. Yeah, let's see them. I know you like the crazy cards. I'm just waiting for the crazy killing machine and stuff like that. Yep, that is exactly the one that I'm looking at right now, the All crazy right. killing machine where you discard the top card of each player's deck. For each of those cards, you destroy a creature artifact of that house if able, and if you don't destroy two things, then the crazy killing machine kills itself. It's a really annoying card. <laughs> um, I haven't found a great way to use it, but boy, it's really wrecked me hard at times. So I can see it. Yeah, it's a good card. I just, uh, yeah, it's a little too crazy for me, and I feel like it really does highlight your play style. Like, I think you would love to have a Mars deck with Crazy Killing Machine in it. Oh, yeah, that would be fun. That would be a real good time. It'd be like a nightmare for me, and you'd be like, "Yes, I've opened the perfect deck," and I'd be like, "My deck is on <laughs> eBay for four bucks. Someone buy it." <laughs> um, I'm gonna assume you like the neutron shark too. The neutron shark's really interesting. Yeah. All right, let's read him. Uh, so, the neutron shark doesn't give you any amber. It Oops. only has one strength. Mm-hmm. But when you play it, when you fight with it, or you reap with it, destroy an enemy creature artifact and a friendly creature artifact. Discard the top card of your deck. If that card is not a Logos card, do it again. So, <laughs> hypothetically, uh... this guy could really wipe the deck, wipe the board rather. Yeah. Especially if you're like, okay, I've seen a bunch of my Logos cards, or I've even archived a bunch of my Logos cards. There's a good chance that I could kill three or four things right now. You have to have a bit of a board before he uh, sort of kills himself, I guess. Or would it just keep going on? I'm not sure the, the rules in Keyforge. I've been playing him is once he dies, his effect is done. Okay. But I'm not 100% sure that's right. Um, I, too, am a little unclear on some of these. There's probably been a ruling out. Um, I haven't really invested the time, the two seconds it would take to look him up. Um, but, yeah, I have had, like, let's say all you do is kill their best creature. That's still pretty dang good. You, you played this chump, mm -hmm. you kill one creature, their best guy, your worst guy. That's an amazing card. And then if if you don't draw a Logos card, you, you kill their next best guy. Like, it is a pretty bananas card. Yeah. And the art's really and cool. And pretty, that's what I was about to say. The art is really sweet. Yeah. I, I have only used him once, and it was absurd. I killed, like, their five best cards. Because I had done one of those things where... I had already library accessed and, like, archived everything, and I knew, like, my deck was really low, and I knew there was, oh, I think, only one Logos card left in, like, the bottom eight. And so I was like, oh, my goodness. If I get lucky, this could be insane. <laughs> and it was. I wiped the entire board, including the Neutron Shark, and my board was garbage, and my opponent's board was amazing. So it was, it was, quite, it was quite the play. That person was yeah. not happy. Well, that's okay because that's pretty sweet. Yeah, yeah, it was, it was really fun. Um, I don't know if you've seen this card yet. 
experimental therapy. Um, it says this car, this creature belongs to yeah. all houses. Play, stun, and exhaust this creature. It's a really cool upgrade because you can put it on either your guy to make them mm-hmm. just amazing, or your opponent's dude that is causing you a lot of problems. You get to stun and exhaust them. Yeah. I like it a lot, and I think that it's the putting a creature belonging to all houses is very interesting in this game because there are a lot of cards, it feels like, even more than in other games that refer to the house, even if it's another house. You know, mm-hmm. a uh, the untamed card that destroys Mars creatures, mm-hmm. or... Uh, other stuff like that. And yeah. so I think that if you really know your deck and know, okay, I have a couple of these really specific hate cards for these very specific factions, oh, but I can also just make my opponent, even if they aren't normally playing that, can make their best creature of that faction, and now it gets wrecked. Yeah, that's pretty cool. <laughs> I like that. Um yeah, I'm really excited about this idea of knowing your deck. I'm a little worried, though, Neil. I have, like, 17 decks on the way, and then I'm going to mm-hmm. buy more locally for fun. Yeah. I'm kind of worried I'm never going to get to know my decks. Like, I have too many decks. What was I thinking? It's a possibility. I thought about it, too. And I think that it it sort of depends on how the competitive play develops, right? Because if competitive, at least for a while, just stays with some sort of sealed format, then, yeah, we're not really going to learn our decks. But if pretty quickly there develops a sort of more standard, you're bringing your best deck, I think that you will, uh, I think that you'll definitely figure out what deck you like the most and learn it backwards and forwards. Uh, I can already tell you it is Shadows and Logos, and whatever has the most broken cards uh, to, to help that out. That's, that's yep, my best deck. that sounds about right. My, be- <laughs> my guess is it'll be Dis to really complete the uh, control deck that yeah. you love to do. I kind of think it's going to be not Dis. I think it's going to be Shadows to steal all the Amber, Logos to do tricks to control them and make Amber, and then a broken amber generating engine like three hunting witches or something absurdly stupid like that. That like uh, Mars. What's that? Like Mars. Like It'll Mars. be Mars, right? This is how Mars plays. You play a random card and then you play another one that does nothing else. <laughs> <laughs> um Alright, well let's give Logos an overall grade on a one to ten scale. Where do you put the house? 1 to 10 overall. Let's do two different things. Power level and your personal enjoyment of the house. Um, I would say power level, they're a strong 8. Mm, okay. I think that they it is a very powerful house with uh, the archive and the draw effects and ways to really just make your deck efficient. I think that it's a strong house. My enjoyment... I'd say somewhere around a five or a six. They okay. they have some cool cards, some crazy cards, so I like those. And I I'm okay with the efficient cards as well. Um, 
they the robots and scientists theme isn't my favorite thing, but it's it's fine. Okay. Um power level I'm gonna say around a seven, because the most of the creatures are bad. Um so it means only probably half the deck is super powerful and the other half the deck is pretty blah. Um but I will say how much I like them. This is more like an eight or a nine because I feel like they have the, the right tools for me that I like. The kind of like I, I like the strategy of archiving. I love the like chess aspect of I'm thinking now three turns ahead, right? I'm gonna archive these cards this turn. Next turn I'm gonna call this house. I'm gonna hope to draw into to logos and then make it all happen. Like that's that's really fun to me. And then just the, the really blowout effects like your opponent can't play action cards next turn. Like they just have so many of those cool effects and draw draw is always so great. So I, I say I love playing them and uh powers around a seven. Sounds about right. Alright man. Well thanks so much for coming on again and um whew, not that long. Not that long until we get to play for realsies, Neil. Um, yeah, count down the days. Yeah, I think I think we're gonna have to have some sort of like live streamed event with the two of us. Right? Ooh, like, that would uh, be fun. Because what we should do is do like the we each bring five decks, we each get to ban one, then you got to win with all four. So something like that, some crazy. Yeah, play. I I think think it would be also cool if we do like if we're doing five decks, maybe like. Three of them we bring already knowing what they are, and two of them we open on the spot. <laughs> okay, man. Whatever madness you want, Neil, I'm down for it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy, that sounds we'll, crazy. We'll talk about this more, and uh, we'll figure out something good, because I think that that would be a lot of fun. There are about a thousand formats you could do with this game, so that's, oh, that's yeah. pretty awesome. All right. Well, thanks so much, everybody, for hanging out with us on another episode of Welcome to the Crucible. And Archons, get hyped. The game is almost here. See you next time. Get hyped. Bye.